This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra-stylish, premium-quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin One expandable backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin One is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code RNRTAKE30. That's RNRTAKE30 at TaskinSF.com. Next up, on an all-new Rick and Rick. Colonel Sanders relishes kicking the mustard out of Ronald McDonald as the fast food wars take to Tekken. Oh man, 007 has no time to die, but is Christopher Nolan about to change that? Survey says, we have a list of America's most trusted and most hated brands. Plus, what we know and what we think we know about Matrix Resurrection, this week's loaded questions, and a whole lot more. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody thinks with their ricks. And everybody rules the world. Hey, welcome, one and all, to an all-new episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World. I'm Rick Matheson, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Roger Moore. I, I mean, Rick Wood. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing great. Fantastic. You know, I apologize. When you texted me earlier, I was out on a walk, and I only had my watch with me. I didn't have my uh, phone, so I couldn't text a reply. So I had to use a preset and just say yes to your question. So I apologize for that. You know, a, f- a few of my other friends have been in that situation as well. And it leads to some really unusual conversations because uh, one of the options isn't that you're away from your phone, yeah. right? And so I have no idea that you're on your watch as opposed to your phone. And so <laughs> when I'm, you know, trying to carry on a conversation with some of my friends, the, the, the responses are just like the best one they could find for that particular question. Exactly. And they, yes. they're just random. It, it, I don't I don't think that one quite works just yet. Yeah, it was funny because I was on a walk the other morning and a client was contacting me and this is a good friend client. And so he was asking me questions and I literally was like, this isn't going to work. I'm going to just randomly pick some of these and hopefully he'll, he'll realize I, I'm not on my phone. So I did that and it was hilarious. It was random responses to his questions. So anyway, for <laughs> listeners, September and October are dangerous for wildfires here in California, but it's also some of our most beautiful weather. And Rick, it is spectacular out today. Yeah, you know, it, it is here as well. I was outside for a little bit uh, messing around with the Jeep and, you know, I it, it feels like it's spring. It doesn't feel like it's fall at all. Yeah, I love it when it's like this. And other parts of the country and of course world, uh, other parts are starting to get their cooler weather right now. And, you know, people here are, you know, out by the pool and there were soccer games going and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, we don't mean to rub that in. We were just enjoying the <laughs> wonderful weather and we hope it's wonderful wherever you are in the world today as well. Anyway, No Time to Die, the latest James Bond movie, actually did come out after, what, three delays. You know, this thing was originally meant to come out on October 2019, and then they unfortunately moved it to March of 2020, and you know the story from there. We've touched on it in a number of episodes. Did you go see it? No, I haven't seen it yet, but I've kind of, I think at this point, I think I've seen every James Bond movie, so I kind of feel like I need to, even though I don't know that this one's going to be fantastic. You know, it, like, there's certain movies that, I don't know, it's like maybe it's running a little long in the tooth, but I'm, I'm, I've got to see it though. I've got to see it just to find out. Yeah, I know I'll see it at some point, maybe even in the theater. Yeah, I felt like the last one, whatever it was, you could have taken the name James Bond off the movie and give it a different character name because I felt like it had nothing to do with James Bond or anything that I associate with the character. Everyone else seemed to love it, but I was in that, I guess, small, maybe 
maybe non-existent group of people that did not. I'm hoping this one's better. Apparently, according to, I think it was The Hollywood Reporter I saw this in, that it did open to $56 million in theaters. It did not break any records for James Bond or even the pandemic. I think it was the fifth largest opening for a pandemic, but they attributed that to the fact that you and I are probably the target audience, not the under 35s. They apparently went to go see Venom, but they're saying that this James Bond movie may have legs. I think everyone like you and I need to see it at some point. What also may have heard it is apparently the damn thing is almost three hours long, so they could only do so many showings. Oh. Yeah, so I'm hoping that that does not mean a yawn fest. I will note, and I didn't know this, it's been out for a year, but I, the theme song is by Billie Eilish. She's got songs like, what is it, the, you know, All the Good Girls Go to Hell and, and all these just total downer fest songs. So I'm wondering if, if she really wanted the song to be called It's a Perfect Time to Die. I don't know. Yeah. But I did see too, and I didn't know this, is that the score itself is Hans Zimmer. It's the first time that Hans Zimmer has done a Bond movie. So I put on a little bit of it the other day and uh, yeah, it's a Hans Zimmer score. Sounds pretty good. I can't believe that. I, I, I thought for sure he'd done them before. I thought so too, but apparently not. I still kind of like those old Bill Conti ones. I think that those were fun. They were definitely yeah. of the era, you know, that he was doing them in. But I, this one does not sound yeah. fun. It sounds like just judging from the music, I would say this one's somber, but it's definitely trying to squeeze every last little bit of any kind of sentimentality or emotional resonance with this film. And so they may be overdoing it, especially if it's three hours long. It may be trying too hard. I don't know. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's totally a rip-roaring fun movie. Yeah, you know, and somebody put it out to me that in the commercials they're kind of trying to make it sound like this is the last bond movie and i'm not sure if that's the case or not they also said something like he's had the longest tenure of a james james bond but i don't think that's true either i think he has been the longest number of years but i believe roger moore has more movies i think he did seven of them in 12 years but i, I could be wrong you know and james james bond is one of those movies that or franchises is a better way to say it that has had to adapt with the times, right? You, yeah. you can't do the same James Bond movie yeah. you did in the 50s and it would make sense. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe it is time for them to do another reset and see what happens right. from there. Yeah, you keep hearing about potentially either a black man or black woman becoming the the new 007. And I, I would like to see that. I think that could be pretty cool. And apparently there's a character in here who is a new 00 agent that there were at least whispers about her becoming a, the new 00. I'll believe that when I see it, but uh, I think that would be a good twist on it. And we'll have to see. Now, what we have talked about on and off on the last couple of weeks is Matrix Resurrection that is coming soon, I guess this December. That will be in movies and online, but they dropped this first official trailer and you and I were quite surprised by it. You know, so this is one of those uh, those movies where I I don't know that they need another Matrix because they had a hit with the first one. The second one and the third one was both from fans and from critics. It wasn't considered a, a you know a great two sequels. Yeah. Here they're trying to, whatever it's been, 22 years later, bring it back again. And, and so I'm a little leery of whether or not we need it. But I, I thought it was kind of interesting, the approach that they took. And I think uh, after watching it, I, I thought I had figured everything out the first time I, I watched it the trailer but I, after watching it a couple more times my opinion of it changed a few yeah. times as to what's actually happening so inevitably kind of like we talked about james bond i have to see this i mean you know the matrix was a pivotal movie in my time so i have to see this to see what kind of happens next and, and what they did with it you know and it, it looks like it could be a pretty interesting story my biggest kind of like hesitation is they've swapped out characters you know the there's a new morpheus that's you know much younger than the one that we saw right. in the 
first three movies, which, you know, kind of throws off the timeline a little bit. You know, we see Trinity come back from the dead, you know, kind of situation. We see her in a, you know, him meeting up with her in a coffee shop or something. So I don't know. There's a there's enough things where it looks a little weird that I'm uncertain about it, but they may surprise me. And, and this is all pulled out in the end. Yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah, it does look that Neo and Trinity are older, at least the manifestations of themselves inside the Matrix are older, and they don't seem to have any memory of what had come before. So something has happened since we last saw them. And then they seem to be running into younger versions of a younger Morpheus. The casting there is great. I can't remember the name of the actor, but I believe he played um, Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen, I believe. And he was good in that. And then also it looks to be, I think that's a younger Cypher, but it looks like they're there are characters that maybe have been resurrected, reborn, you know, in some fashion, and that the adventure of the Matrix is set to go through cycles. In fact, they may have said something like that in the original movies. I can't remember. But like you, I love the first movie. Didn't really care for the second movies at all. They detracted from the greatness of the first in my mind. I think I mentioned to you, too, that The Animatrix is on HBO Max right now, and I uh, I watched it again. I watched it over a couple days, and I'm not sure I watched every episode. I'd forgotten half of the vignette doing that, but such a spectacular piece of the mythos here. If you haven't seen The Animatrix, go watch it. You'll love it. Sort of like an anthology, and there are certain storylines where people are just discovering that they're in The Matrix with the aid of Neo and Trinity and others that bring back the magic of the first movie. That was what was fun about the first movie, was figuring out what is happening. What is reality? What is not reality? And how will Neo deal with finding out the truth? You get a taste of that in The Animatrix. Yeah, and I, I agree. I agree. I think if our viewers haven't seen The Animatrix, they should absolutely see it. It's one that I, I remember when it came out, I actually bought it on DVD. So I've got the box set. With, uh, and it was it was fantastic in the day and it still holds up pretty well. And it's, it's supposedly canon, right? So, you know, it, it kind of continues the story uh, and it's done by a, a series of different animators and artists. So there's you know multiple different art styles and different takes on it. Uh, and they're telling different portions of the story. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, one of the things that did catch my attention in the uh, in the Matrix 4 trailer was <laughs> I couldn't help but to look at Keanu Reeves and think, my God, is he still playing the, the same John Wick character? <laughs> <laughs> like, did, did John Wick exist in this uh, universe as well? Because he's got the same beard. He's got the same look. If he had a digital dog, I would think that, you know, we're going to see things go down here. Yeah. Speaking of iconic characters, Rick, next up, Ronald McDonald is getting his licks in against old Colonel Sanders, or, or vice versa, I couldn't quite tell there, courtesy of Tekken. Is this a spoof, or is this some kind of official brand promotion of some kind? You know, neither. Uh, it is neither a spoof, nor is it official. It is a mod that some developers put together, and it, it is excellent. It cracked me up when I saw this. <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And so uh, for, for those of you that are not familiar, uh, Tekken is uh, a video game where it's kind of one-to-one combat, similar to Mortal Kombat or... Street Fighter, you know, those types of games. And so somebody's taken the time or a group of developers are taking the time to fully bitmap in Ronald McDonald and Colonel Sanders and, you know, build out a polygon version of each of them that do battle with one another. And so, you know, they, they've got, uh, you know, some great effects like... Uh, at one point, you can see Colonel Sanders laying the the hurt on Ronald McDonald. Every time he hits him, you can see fries and and hamburgers flying out of him. <laughs> so uh, it was like, wow! And so immediately when I saw it, I thought, oh my god, I got to tell Rick. 
the fast food wars are now a real thing. I mean, it's not just this proverbial, oh, fast food wars. It's like Ronald McDonald and Colonel Sanders throwing it down. What you, would you think of this? I cracked up the moment I saw it. I mean, it was hilarious. I Two things struck me is, one, how well they were rendered. Two, Colonel Sanders seems to have gotten himself in fighting shape just in time for it. I just thought this was fun. And I could see, you know, super fans having a blast with this. So kudos to whoever put that together. Now, it is October, Rick. And I want to say it was October of in our first season, maybe our second season. I can't remember where we did a story on how scientists have been growing brain matter in Petri dishes and how it seemed to be showing some neural activity that had some people concerned that they might be alive. <laughs> well, just in time for Halloween 2021, there's this news story I sent to you. I think it was from Sci-Fi Wire that these Petri dished pieces of brain matter are sprouting organoids that sound like something out of Alien, but are actually even more gross. So in this recent experiment, a German scientist reverse engineered ocular stem cells to grow optic cups, quote, the embryonic structures that develop into eyes, unquote. And now I'm not going to sleep tonight. This is super <laughs> gross. Did you see the photo? Yes, I did see the the one that you sent. I just couldn't bring myself to click in any further and, and you know, see yeah. any, any additional ones. That's a little creepy. I mean, that's, that's something yeah. that we've seen in a couple of horror movies, I'm sure. Yeah, this is straight out of them. I, I couldn't decide if this was like, you know, these were proto eyes, if they were gross, or if they looked something like caviar eggs dropped onto pancake batter in the frying pan. I, I, I couldn't decide. <laughs> to be clear, and to be fair to the scientists, this is important research that could have a lot of benefits downstream. And uh, the scientists do assure everyone that this brain matter is not thinking or feeling anything, but who knows, they may now soon be sensing light, which makes us wonder once more if they're alive. Yeah. Uh, well, and of course, the eyes are pure black, which, you know, gives it such a such a demonic look to it. It's so gross. But here, see, folks, Rick and Rick, we, we do segments on science. <laughs> when we come back, it is time for the good, the bad and the marketing, including survey findings on America's most trusted and most hated brands. 